It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you had some wonderful holiday time with the family, friends, travel. Uh, It's good to be back. And um, today on the show, we have lawyer Francis Jackson. Uh, Francis Jackson is an attorney who specializes in disability law for those seeking veterans' disability benefits, as well as Social Security disability benefits. He's a founding partner of Jackson McNichol. He most recently appeared as a guest of Ben Glass on the Consumer Advocate Show discussing benefits for veterans and Social Security disability benefits and how his practice allows him to make in the lives of people facing disabilities. Francis has been featured on NBC, CBS, ABC, and Fox affiliates around the country. He's also been quoted in USA Today and is, a, and is listed in Cambridge's Who's Who. Francis has, was honored by the National Academy of Bestselling Authors with a Quilly Award for his contribution as a joint author in, to the best-selling book, Protect and Defend, where he wrote about protecting one's rights to veterans' disability compensation. In 2017, Mr. Jackson was inducted into America's Most Trusted Lawyers for his outstanding work in disability law. For more information, check out VeteransBenefits.com, VeteransBenefits.com. Francis Jackson, welcome back. Thanks, Bert. It's always a pleasure having a chance to talk with you. Well, you know what? I'm excited. Uh, You know, the... um, I, I I think that we've had some, uh, what do you call it, a lot of areas involving benefits to veterans. Uh, that we've had some changes. We've had some updates. We've had some funding. So I wanted to talk about some of these and, and uh, kind of, uh, you know, give us an update as to what's going on. So I'm excited to have you back. Well, thanks, Bert. I appreciate that very much. All right. So let's talk about this cost of living increase uh, for uh, veterans. Did they get the cost of living increase. Yes, they got the same one as Social Security, so 8.7%, which is the biggest in, oh, I think since Carter was president. Wow. a long time. What what that means is... Oh, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, it's exciting. I mean, when you think about it, 8% is is obviously big help, but as you mentioned, this is the biggest increase they've had since the Carter administration, so it's been a while for them to have a nice little bump. So what does this mean for them? Well, if you're at the low end, uh, getting 10%, which is the, the lowest uh, uh, rate that the VA pays for disability benefits, um, it takes you from $152 a month to 165 But if you're at the high end, uh, you go up to... Uh, uh, for 100%, you go up to $3,621 a month, which is not bad. No, that's – are you crazy? That's awesome. That's just – that's a nice bump. <laughs> yes. All right. So so let me ask you this. Um, you know, for years, there's, there's this talk about racial discrimination in the VA, and I'm just curious, uh, is there any – updates on that yes there's, there's a very interesting lawsuit pending um, the uh, the black veterans association has filed a lawsuit 
through the Yale uh, Law School Veterans Legal Services Clinic, um, and uh, that's uh, that's now pending. They, the uh, the plaintiff is a Vietnam War veteran, Conley Monk, and he is alleging that uh, although he is currently receiving veterans benefits, he was improperly denied those in the 70s and into the 80s when he originally applied, and he's alleging that that's because of racial discrimination. And, you know, it's sad to say, but in uh, cases that we've done, we've seen some indications that there were at least individuals within the VA who seemed to be um, discriminating against uh, black veterans. We had one gentleman from South Carolina where the, the medical evidence was quite clear that he had what we would now call PTSD. Uh, at, that, at that time, they were calling it uh, wartime neurosis, but um, he, was, he was medically uh, discharged from the service uh, after World War II, uh, sorry, after the Vietnam War, where he won the Silver Star, by the way, for combat. But um, there were things in his file like, well, the medical folks say that he has this condition, but we don't believe it from the rating people. So <laughs> I have to, you know, I, I think I think there is some truth to the allegation that, uh, at least in places and with particular staff, there were some racial issues. But the good news is that that's now getting looked at. The bad news is that the statistics suggest it may be a bigger problem than uh, has been acknowledged. The the uh, denial rate for black veterans that filed for disability was about 30%, and for white, white veterans <coughs> was under 25%. And, you know, that's a fairly significant discrepancy when you look at all the hundreds of thousands of cases you're talking about. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the suit. I, I don't know that they will be able to prove racial discrimination, but certainly there there are suggestions that that may have occurred. Sure, absolutely. Uh, especially, I, I shouldn't say especially, I, you know, the, unfortunately, uh, South Carolina, North uh, South Carolina specifically has had it's had some issue with racism. Um, you know, I, I think uh, starting way back when uh, uh, Mr. Helms was involved in politics, uh, I think that he was very much um, um, approving of and spearheading racism, and, and a lot of people followed suit. So the fact that this gentleman in question is from that the great state of South Carolina just makes me uh, makes me think that it's probably more true than not. I, unfortunately, I think that <clears throat> I think there's evidence to suggest that's correct. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, uh, the VA healthcare. Uh, has Congress done anything about uh, about that, about our, our VA health care in general? Yes. Actually, they've done a number of things, but there, there are two really important ones. Um, they have boosted the health care budget within the VA, 
by over two hundred million dollars in this uh, in this budget uh, out of the uh, three hundred and some odd uh, um, uh, billion dollar uh, budget, but the uh, for the VA, but they they've specifically added another two hundred million for healthcare, which I think will be a a really good thing in this time of rising prices and difficulty for people affording medications and such things. So that's that's a, a uh, that's one thing that's a big deal. The other thing that's a a, a big deal um, in a in a much more emotional way. The VA has now decided to provide, or Congress for, has decided for them to be exact, uh, to provide uh, uh, health care to all um, the remaining living World War II veterans, which is at this point about. Uh, 160,000 or so, um, or one percent of the 16 million who served in World War II. So these these last uh, the last one percent they're going to get free health care for from here on. All right, wait, wait, back up, back up. Uh, so if I understand what you're saying, the remaining one percent of the veterans from World War II are going to get health care, but it sounds like that was not always a thing. I mean, is that what you're telling me, that some of these uh, World War II veterans did not receive their health care? Oh, yes. I mean, uh, currently there are significant limits on VA health care eligibility and so on, and primarily – Full-scale, full across-the-board health care is only available to um, either uh, military retirees or to veterans who are disabled at the 100% level. Um, and so <clears throat> for, excuse me, excuse me, for some, for some veterans, even though they're now old and sick, they were not eligible for VA health care, but um, Congress has decided that if you uh, if you survived World War II and you've lived this long, they're now going to health care regardless of the, the normal eligibility rules. Wow. How, how nice of them, right? <laughs> uh, not to make light of it. I mean, that is not um, – it, it really is – I'm glad that they're getting their health care, but, you know, it's – Kind of like, uh, as you noted, it's the last one percent, and they're, uh, you know, their what is their their expected life now? What just a few years, right? I'm afraid so. Uh, although there was an interesting story I happened to see recently, where uh, about a, a gentleman who enlisted in World War II at the age of twelve, the big kid from Texas, and he forged his uh, mother's signature and got in at 12. They figured it out and kicked him out when he was 14. But uh, <laughs> most most of these gentlemen are quite elderly. Right. Boy, you know, that's that, that's an interesting story. I, I'd love to see what this guy looked like. If he could pass for 18 at the age of 12, he must have been a very, uh, very big guy. Apparently he was a very big kid. <laughs> I love it. All right. Uh let's talk about the PACT Act. Um I 
I thought the PACT Act, first of all, I thought it passed and it would cover everybody, but there seems to be some rumors that that even after the PACT Act uh, did pass, that there are some veterans who were exposed to carcinogen and they they may or may not be eligible. Talk about this. What are the developments on the uh, on this situation? Well, sure, Bert. Um, what's going on is that the Defense Department has been instructed by Congress to look at the drinking water at all the military installations around the world, and what they found is that there are 24 installations um, that collectively serve about 175,000 service members at a time that have dangerous levels of chemicals, um, carcinogens, and and other problems. But uh, they're primarily um, the the ones that uh, are referred to as PFAS. Um, They're uh, poly alkyl substances, but the the tricky part about these is that they don't degrade uh, over time. You know, mm-hmm. most chemicals, if you just dump them on the ground and come back 20 years later, um, they will be relatively inert. But with these, um, they, they just don't degrade over time. So the net result is that as you continue to add to them, they just get stronger and stronger. And so what's going on is that the uh, uh, the department has been charged with looking at the groundwater in uh, basically all their installations after the whole uh, disaster with Camp Lejeune and all the problems that were going on there. But there's some big bases that they're talking about. Um, they're talking about Joint Base uh, Lewis McCord in Washington, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio, the big Marine Corps base at Camp Pendleton in California, um, and apparently also uh, several bases in South Korea in particular. But um, the net result is that <clears throat> they have uh, uh, have been required to uh, uh, to look at this issue and to report it to uh, to Congress. And so now the next step really is up to uh, up to Congress. The uh, the report was uh, made public last Thursday by uh, the Environmental Working Group at the at the Department of Defense, and they're um, obviously now going to see what happens with uh, with Congress. But it's been a um, been an ongoing issue that people have been talking about for several years, and now it's official that. These things are there, and they're not good. And so the next question is, okay, what, if anything, is anybody going to do about it? So we will find out the answer to that over the next year or so, I expect. Yeah. You know what? It, it, this has got to be frustrating for our service people, and and I think it's got to be very frustrating for uh, a lawyer like yourself where, where you're, you're – you we are constantly hearing how bad the drinking water is at places like uh, Camp Lejeune and, and some of these other places, but it seems like Congress and or the DOD aren't doing anything about it. 
Do you get the same impression that they're just moving very, very slowly or, or just ignoring it? Well, it's pretty clear that DOD has not wanted to deal with this at all. I mean, they they have they have dragged their feet every way known to man. But uh, Congress finally held their feet to the fire and, and required this report. And so I'm I am very hopeful that over the next couple of years, uh, Congress is going to force them to uh, remediate the problem. But the the reason that that the DOD is so reluctant to do anything about this. Um, Bert, is that the primary source of these uh, chemicals in the groundwater is firefighting foam. And these are mainly at big um, bases that have either uh, aircraft or helicopters or both. And so they don't want to give up the, the firefighting foam, which is very effective, but there's no way to make it um, in a in a way that doesn't contribute to the groundwater problem, and so they're they're they've been looking for a biologically safe alternative, but so far there's nothing <clears throat> commercially available that uh, that does that. And so, um, you know, they on the one hand they've got this stuff that puts out aircraft fires really well, and they periodically have aircraft fires. So they don't want to give that up, but it's, you know, it's going to kill people in the groundwater. So it's a, it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and besides occasionally having to put out a, a real fire, I'm sure that they train uh, using the same foam that you're talking about. They have to train with that stuff as well. So they know how to use it and, and all that other stuff, which yep. adds to uh the the groundwater and and uh um but again you know if our leaders were forced to drink this water you know it would have been resolved pretty damn quick yes i i think it would have resolved much faster <laughs> yeah yeah uh all right so uh you know what? I, I want to talk about this, uh, kind of switching gears a little bit. I want to talk about uh, GI Bill benefits. Um, and and uh, is Congress doing anything there? Any updates with the GI Bill benefits? Well, it's one interesting um, interesting change. The uh, um, as you as you may know, there's been a lot of issue over the last oh probably decade now with particularly for-profit schools that have encouraged uh, veterans to sign up and use their uh, GI Bill benefits. And uh, several of those uh, schools have now gone out of business, uh, sometimes with federal help, um, because uh, they just weren't delivering what they were supposed to to our veterans. But the result is that you have veterans who've used up a part of their GI Bill benefit in these schools that are no longer in existence and they want to naturally um, continue their education at some place that at least exists and so the the VA has had a policy where what they would do is if you tried to transfer from one of these schools that closed to another institution that would be fine but the VA would not tell you 
until after you had enrolled what your remaining benefit was. Um, and that was very difficult for people because, you know, it's hard to plan if you don't know what you've got. So um, what Congress has done is to now require the VA to make that information available. And the other thing that they've done, which I think is, is really um, a, a nice thing, it's not particularly onerous on the government, but it's a nice thing for veterans, is if you have expended less than 10% of your entire GI Bill benefit, they just restore you to 100%. Um, oh, that's nice. Yeah. If you've expended more than that, then you, you have what you have, and that's, that's what you have left. But um, if, you, uh, if you transfer uh, less than uh, 12 hours of, uh, of you know, earned credits, then uh, uh, they restore the amount of, uh, you know, they restore you back to 100%, which is it's a good thing. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. It's you know nice little bonus there. Plus, it makes it easier for both uh, for everybody's accounting. It's 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 great. I think so. All right, so listen, I have I have a small favor to ask you. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day, and and you know I want to bring you back and just for fun, uh, see if you would be amenable to this. And absolutely, you can say no. Uh, but I think it would be fun uh, to get a workup on Captain America. So, as you know, Captain America was frozen uh, in ice for 70 years. And I'm thinking when he came out of the ice, uh, you know, the, the <laughs> he would be owed a big chunk of money. And uh, I did a little research myself, uh, just a tiny amount of research, and I found out that a captain during World War II was on average making about 2500 bucks a year. And I'm thinking, man, you know, not that that's an incredible lot of money, but of course, $2,500 went a lot further back then. Uh, but, you know, if, if a situation like that occurred in real life where somebody was, uh, let's say, missing for 70 years and then all of a sudden came back, he would be owed an incredible, an, an incredible amount of money, would he not? Oh, yes, he would. Um, and the same is true for someone who was in entitled to veteran, excuse me, entitled to veterans benefits and had established a claim but uh, disappeared before they got paid, uh, you know, it would, be a, it would be a lot of money. Yeah, so I, I think it would be kind of fun to maybe explore that and, and uh, see how much Captain America got paid uh, once he got unfrozen, for, you know, for lack of better terms, came out of the ice. Uh, but either way, uh, Francis, I, I don't want to – I just thought that would be a fun little project, but I do not want to make light of the fact that uh, uh, the work that you guys do at VeteransBenefits.com is super important. Um, you and I have talked about some of your cases that have dra dragged on for over a decade uh, fighting for our brave men and women, getting them their benefits. And a lot of people just don't understand how hard you guys have to work to get these benefits because it's not – you know, when you're dealing with the government, it's never easy. It's never fast. And, and some of these, like I said, some of these people have to wait a, an incredible amount of time. And you have to file appeals and you have to show medical evidence and you have to get the experts. And, and, and it's an incredibly important thing that you, that you guys do. And so, uh, again, um, I'm grateful for the work that you guys do and, and uh, looking forward to having you back again soon. Well, I appreciate that very much, Bert. And, uh, I'll give some thought to Captain America. 
Okay. All righty. Thank you so much. Good stuff there from attorney uh, Francis Jackson. Uh, and again, guys, uh, this work is important, even though I, I was having, uh, I wanted to have a little fun there, but check out veteransbenefits.com. And here's the important thing. Even if you know of somebody, let's say they're currently in the service, so maybe they don't need their veterans benefits, have them check out veteransbenefits.com anyway. Uh, have them share it with their friends. Uh, you can help them out. I mean, even if you know of a veteran who's happy and has no medical problems, share it with them anyway. Share this episode with everyone you know. Let's get the word out. Let's help our veterans get the benefits that they deserve. They have literally risked their life for us, and I think that it would be wonderful to pay them back. It costs you nothing to share this episode. Get the information out to those individuals. And a lot of these people have this soldier on mentality. They are literally suffering in silence. Let's end that suffering. Remember, you were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch and check out our website at moneyforlunch.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.